What's going on designers and decorators? This is Timothy. I hope you're doing phenomenal out there. Today's episode is really super, it's so intriguing. It's a topic that I talk about quite a lot in my personal life, not ever on a podcast. So that's why I'm even more excited about this. I am really, really stoked to bring you our guest speaker today, uh, Laura from The Divine Hustler. Thanks for tuning in today, or rather coming today. Um, I'm really excited to talk about what we have to talk about. But first, let's talk about you. Like, kind of give us the scoop about um, where you were, how you got to where you are. What what's your what's your passion behind what you do? Let me take. I know all it's those a loaded question. Let me take all those questions <laughs> at a time. Let's just see where it goes. Um, I well, currently where I am now is that I have a very fun goddess-centric interior design firm in downtown Oakland. And we pride ourselves on um, making sure that our team is their personal selves, their emotional world is tended to before we try to create or problem solve or anything. Like mm. the the person is the priority, the, the team member. And then from there, we can go out and resolve issues and create beautiful interiors. But until all of the, until the self is whole, I find that we get more easily triggered by all the things that come up, right? As interior designers, we really handle mm -hmm. a lot. Um, but how I got here is that I grew up in a household um, where we moved a lot because my father was in the military and mm. it seemed that every time I settled in and made a new group of friends and got my room just how I wanted it, which was often sparse because we were not a family of means, you know, we were mm -hmm. six kids and on a, you know, one's one enlisted man's budget really made us tight on dollars. And so I think sort of born out of the wound of wanting to feel prosperous in life. The things that I went through in my childhood and leaving home at a pretty young age just gave me this burning desire to really want home for myself. And then understanding the importance of having an environment that supports us to become our best selves because I've mm -hmm. done it for myself and I've, which took me many years because I was the cobbler's kid, but I, I have seen the impact that it has when we tend to the home of the heart and when we attend to the the home with heart, we can really create much more energy rich experiences for our clients. And so, mm -hmm. you know, my firm has grown for many years out of, you know, I have a side hustle called Divine Hustler and I used to only hustle. You know, I was very driven by perfectionism and control and really thinking that I had to work really hard to, mm -hmm. to create the life that I want. And then once I shifted from that, because my, you know, spiritual evolution started to get traction and I started to see how much more effortless life got, um, I then started, started bringing that out into my work world. And I was blown away. I am blown away, especially in hindsight, when I see the pivot that happened when I started to prioritize emotional well-being um, mm -hmm. before growing the business. So that's sort of in a nutshell where we isn't are it, today. Isn't it like crazy to think about? Like the the very thing that we do as humans is is always kind of like, I, I guess like we always run on a frantic level of like constantly trying to make things work and then it's like when you kind of let your guard down that's when things really start or when you start really focusing on 
the and prioritizing on the right things, that's when like things just naturally fall into place. It's kind of like the opposite of what we've been taught our whole lives. Oh my gosh, the culture really does a number on us. And and yeah. if we stay busy and we stay scared, then we stay out of the most wonderful part of what it is to be a human, which is slowing down and having quiet contemplation mm -hmm. and prioritizing our, you know, connection to our higher self or whatever, you know, anyone's practices that then then we don't have to be the ones to do the thing it's like the universe just resolves the issue like oh lo and behold i didn't need to fret that a new client was coming because here they are now you know yeah <laughs> it's so funny i've always told my um i've always told my husband that like things just things just happen like it's the weirdest thing like we would be struggling one month and like when we stop focusing on that on like mm -hmm. the struggle of you know um crap like business is slow or you know, crap, like, you know, a bill is due. Like, it's always the last moment that yeah. it just happens. Like, things just, like, naturally fall into place. And I've, I've kind of gotten down this a similar path as you, and it's like, you just you just naturally let sort of the universe take, take your hand. And mm -hmm. as weird as it sounds, like, to some people that are listening, probably, who aren't familiar like you and I are, um, it's hard to let go. And I think a lot of designers are just such stu uh, so stuck in this mindset of, uh, people pleasing and needing to please other people that they lose sight on themselves. And I think that that's where um, a lot of, you know, the benefits of prioritizing that can can come to fruition. Yeah. And it's exhausting, frankly. I mean, I oh, did yeah. it that way for the first 15 years and I ran myself ragged. And I think that it's that self-discipline of, mm -hmm. oh, I don't have five minutes to sit. Trust me, you don't have five minutes to not sit. Like if we don't, <laughs> even just the simplest thing of breath work can help us sit and be with that feeling. And I, I think running away from the feeling is where many of us get it wrong. Like it's uncomfortable to feel scared. It's uncomfortable to feel like you're not, that you're disappointing a client. But if we can slow down enough, even just five minutes every morning and sit with and hold that disappointment with compassion and just, it, it just, literally starts to soften mm -hmm. and give way and then i think running away from the difficult feelings is a big part of how the culture keeps us so afraid that they're going to resolve it with us with you know beauty products and the next mm -hmm. best thing and the next you know you know the list goes on forever in this culture so making yeah. peace with the parts that we don't like softening into it surrendering into it and then allowing and trusting that this universe really is working through us. It's, mm -hmm. it sounds so simple and it's taken me 30 years to get to this place, but now I'm sort of like, okay, I dare you spirit. Like <laughs> it's all on you. And it's always has turned out better now in these past yeah. few years than I ever could have thought. Oh, a hundred percent. I just was thinking of, um, one of the things that my mentor told me when I started down, um, you know, my path of Buddhism was when you think about getting angry, you have to, or, or even upset or anything that's really stopping you, uh, kind of take a moment to think of what is getting angry or upset or 
whatever you're feeling, what does that, what does that do to whatever happened? It does nothing. Like whatever happened, it stays there. Right. So by you focusing so much on that, it's preventing you from moving forward. So when you take that moment of realizing whatever happened just now that I'm getting all hung up on and all mm-hmm. caught up on and, and, you know, just sticking to, it's preventing me from moving forward in my best self. And therefore, doesn't matter. You just move forward and you forget, essentially forget about what happened in the past and just learn that you just need to let it go. And that will essentially propel you forward. I think that's really true. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but sometimes it's, it's pre, it's precognition, like Mm -hmm. the, like the, the upset literally hijacks the emotional nervous system. And even though intellectually, I know that getting angry or feeling scared isn't going to do anything to make the the thing better. It's, it sometimes happens before I have a chance to um, think, oh, I shouldn't get angry. But when I allow that I did get angry and I hold it, and then I can breathe into it and let it go, what has started to happen as I've really embodied these practices, all these tools that I use on a daily basis is that now it happens less frequently that I get triggered and Mm -hmm. it resolves more quickly. It's not to say I don't have an upset here and there, but it's not days and weeks anymore. It's more like Mm -hmm. minutes that it's around because we're still human. We still have that, you know, those upsets do happen. Sure. And the, the crazy part about that too is put this in the perspective of a design client, right? Where you have, let's say, a husband and wife who are really just making your job miserable uh, in the project and, you know, they get upset with you. It actually changes even like the approach that you have with your clients and it changes the, the, the energy of the whole entire project when you're able to do that. Because the moment that you start like just really, really focusing on all the negativity from that project, it ruins the whole project for you. Like even when oh, I was it does. actively It becomes designing, a magnet. That's oh, right. Oh, 100%. And then you can never get out of it. That's when you have problems where, you know, like maybe a client did something and you're really upset about it. And then, you know, you don't talk about it and it just festers and festers. And then the next thing, you know, the client's now picking stuff on their own because they lost trust in you. And there's all this negative, you know, toxicity that's happening on the project right. because you're still dwelling on it. But when you when you start to really focus on um, that component of it, of letting it go and, and moving forward, it's kind of like that alone is is toxic to your clients of that uh, positive energy and and just letting, you know, kind of stuff go and, and moving forward with it. Uh, it's it's really nice. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, 100 percent. It's really amazing how when we energize the field for positive outcomes. Even today I was on a project and we're on a very, very tight, t- tight timeline. And mm-hmm. the construction crew is working so hard and, you know, they're, they're, they're six days a week now, 10 hour days trying to meet this deadline. And today I popped in to do a check measure on some carpet and the, the foreman, who's just such a kind, good man, was already having anticipatory anxiety about a landscape inspection because they started some of the engineering work before the permit was in hand. And he knows that this landscape inspector could put our project back even farther if he were to make us, you know, redo any of the work. And so he was a little scared. And I, I was just like, you know, if you can choose 
you're like you're trying to protect yourself by anticipating the worst because you think if you do then you can control it and fix it but the truth is you have another choice too you can why not just expect that it's going to work out and mm -hmm. and know that you've done everything to code and that he's going to approve like if you could choose one or the other why not choose the one that's for the positive outcome and then it it totally shifted him and he started to feel a little lighter and then before i left the guy had already come and gone and he said oh it was the thing was approved mm -hmm. and i was like see there like look how it works it's just that's what magic is in my opinion <laughs> you know it's yeah and when it happens to you for the first time it's the freakiest thing it's it's almost like it's almost like wow did that actually really happen and I, I'm, pr right. I'm pretty sure that that's how his reaction was when you know it, it all just panned out and then you start thinking like wow like I kind of did all that for nothing. Like I, I got all stressed and uptight for really absolutely right. nothing. Uh, oh, when everything human. was going to be fine in the first place. hundred <laughs> percent. The flaw. I mean, maybe things weren't going to be fine in the first place. Maybe, maybe if he had stayed, if he had stayed, but who's to say, you know, this is a yeah. completely under, not able to understand universe. This universe is mm -hmm. so vast and profound. We can never know what one thing we did is leading to another, but in general, I think that that's the way we learn as humans is that we just take those little moments and go, mm -hmm. wait, last time I tried this other approach and look at what happened. It's it's such a slow process, isn't it? Sometimes like, oh, yeah. But until you look back over 30 years and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. And then you realize it only took, you know, realizing that to, to shift your whole entire trajectory of your the rest of your life. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then once you get it, it's so sweet that you're like, oh gosh, I'm never going back to being that yeah. worry wart control freak anymore. And also what's interesting is when you start, when you start shifting into that kind of perspective, you get better clients too, because you're naturally attracted to those kind of clients who are really the same way. Like I, I was, I was unfortunate, but also fortunate enough to really start this, you know, uh, path right probably at the tail end of my career is actively designing. And so my last like three clients were absolutely amazing. Um, but I looked back and I was like, wow, like if I had learned this, you know, 10 years ago, I probably would have been a way yeah. successful designer because most of my projects were really, really bad because we just butt heads with the clients all the time. So it's really, yeah, uh, that's a hundred percent true. And I think, can you hear that sound by the way? Sorry about that. I have no. notifications coming in. Um, <laughs> I think that um, what what is really clear in what you're saying is that not only do we not attract the bad clients as often, I'm not saying I don't have challenging clients every so often, but sure. then we get really clear on what our boundaries are. And so you can mm -hmm. tune into your intuition and go, mm, I better go the other way or not take this one. But when we're just starting, we feel like we have to take all the projects, you know, it's like, I better yeah. just take what I can. And that's fair. You know, it's sort of an understandable situation that we're in, but you're right. Like that's why we're doing what we're doing right now. Right. Mm -hmm. This conversation is so what can we offer, you know, younger people or people who, you know, are just at a different evolution of their journey to help them bypass because that's what we're here to do is walk each other home yeah. and show each other new perspectives. Yeah. It's two, it's two words that when I say this, it's gonna, it's gonna like pop a light bulb on a lot of people's minds right now.
but it's gut feeling. That's that's exactly like that's exactly what it is. Like when you go into a client's house and you just get this like weird feeling that something's not right, go with yeah. that gut feeling. Like you really have to listen to the quote unquote that gut feeling of, you know, do I do I go this route? Um and I what I always say is if I have to question it, I have to go the opposite direction. If I have to question like should I go that way? Like then in my mind, I know that my route or my path is the opposite way because naturally as humans, we always try to shift through like the more difficult path and naturally when we actively think about it. Um, so I've always took that as a sign that if I'm thinking that way, because that's how I normally think as a, as a human, I'm going to go the opposite way because the way I think is irrational. I, I, I know that for myself that like the way I think is usually like the more complex way of doing things. And that's that path is usually the path that gets me in a lot of trouble. So I always oh go gosh, the opposite yeah. direction and it, it always works out that way. Whenever I actively think of like, no, I'm just going to go the, the other way and do a different, do something different than what I'm actually thinking. Yeah. And I, I, I hear what you're saying because I also like, I, I don't mind questioning because I, I have this, I'm an emotional responder and sometimes mm -hmm. I don't know the answer right in that red hot minute. Like I yeah. can, I can get a feeling. And sometimes if I ask myself the question too many times, should, or I shouldn't I, it's like breaking up with somebody, you know, it's like you knew <laughs> for three years before you broke up because you started having a daily dialogue with yourself about whether this was a good fit. Like the fact that your ego is wrestling with you is probably mm -hmm. a pretty clear indication that, that it's not right, you know? Mm, and yeah. So, you know, after I settle into it, if I'm still feeling that, then I'm like, hell no, that's a no yeah. for me. Yeah. But, but listening to that, I think is the, the key, the key component there is, is understanding like what your, what your body is telling you, what your gut's telling you and, and being confident with that. Like, if you're not confident with it, don't do it. Um, but if you feel like, you know what, that's what I got to do, then just go for it, you know, and just take the risk. Yeah. Well, and a hundred percent. And I imagine since you practice Buddhism, that this may land for you as well, that that is why it is so imperative to have a daily practice of mm -hmm. sitting quietly in contemplation so that we can learn to listen to our higher soul and not to the ego mind, which is, you know, I always say, if it makes you feel lighter, it's the truth. If it makes mm -hmm. you feel heavier, it's a lie. And if it makes mm -hmm. you feel heavy, that's ego, you know, yeah. because if you, if you go toward what makes you feel lighter, then you're going to create a life that makes you feel lighter. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think? What would be, let's say, what's, what's your number? I know this is like really difficult. What's your number one tip? I'm just going to say one for designers that really want to start kind of down the path that we've gone? Well, I think desire to begin with, like when, you yeah. know, if you're at a place in your life where you're like, I'm just sick of the struggle, I know it has to be easier, then the universe perks up its ears. And where we have our free will is to really understand that if we don't prioritize our well-being, nobody is going to. You know, mm -hmm. our clients aren't, our our partners aren't, our children aren't. It's up to us. And that's sort of like when we get to that place where we're so sick of efforting that we just say, it is time for me to take my power back. I am tired of being victim to my life. Mm -hmm. That is the first step is that. Yeah. 
and then yeah. wherever you get your information, you know, there is, I think, you know, apart from religion, which I think has completely distorted all of the teachings of the great masters like Buddha and Jesus the Christ and all of these other, you know, it's like anyone who, any of those masters that are teaching love and connection, that's between you and your personal connection between whatever divine force created this infinite universe and mm -hmm. not you know, going down the path, uh, unless, you know, there are some Christian teachings I, I know that are land for people, but it doesn't matter where the information comes from. If you feel called to it and it makes you find love and joy in your heart, that's the one for you. You know, mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong here. It's like once I started pursuing it, all of a sudden I started listening to, you know, Esther, Esther Hicks and Abraham, the law of attraction stuff. And then the secret came in and then, you know, Eckhart Tolle and his teachings. And before you know it, my library is chock-a-block full <laughs> of these great masters, you know? Yep. <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting thing when you really start to, and I would say meditation has really changed my way of thinking a lot. Um, and a lot of people, when they, when they hear the word meditation, they think that like, you have to sit there for, you know, two, three hours. Like when I started, it was like maybe two or three minutes. Yeah. And it felt exactly like 20 right. minutes. Yeah. But you start small, you know, like uh, no one, no one's has a gun to your head to say you have to sit there for a whole hour. That's, that's not realistic um, by any means. But when you start really, really small, just as when people start their business really small, like maybe they started on the side, you know, with a nine to five job. No, one, you don't, don't jump into it. But, um, you know, start really, really small uh, and, and build up to it. And over time, you'll see that once you start really clearing your mind, you'll think more clearly, uh, you're less stressed, you become less angry as a person. Uh, th there's so many benefits to that. Just that alone is, is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I can't meditate. I tried mm -hmm. it. It doesn't work for me. That's just, it's like, well, then you are exactly the person who needs meditation, but you don't go to the gym <laughs> twice and expect to be, you know, have a, a six pack either. You know, everything is a slow process. And yeah. this culture teaches us that we should have our enlightenment tomorrow after meditating twice. It's like, it, does, it doesn't work that way. And I would also add to the meditation piece very profound effects that I've had from doing breath work mm -hmm. and also from simply asking, like getting really quiet and just saying, I surrender, like if, you know, show me what's next and really starting to, you know, wherever we're putting our attention is where the energy is going to start flowing. And then the universe mm -hmm. will start to offer signs, you know, and then yep. it's up to us to notice them or not. But I think that you know, we get so caught up in this, we have to prove it and scientifically prove it. And, you know, it's like, if it feels right to you, it's right. You don't need yeah, anybody there's... to say what your way is, you no. know? No. And likewise, no one's, no one's telling you how it should be. It's, it's all about you, right? It's, it's all about the individual. It's all about, you know, their, their path and the way that they want to take it. Um, and I don't think it's really anyone's, I wouldn't say anyone's business, but for lack of better words, anyone's business on on how long it takes you or how short it takes you or, you know, um, or how you approach it. I think it's just it's your own path, right? It's yeah, that's such all a it personal is. journey. Yeah, for 100%. sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Just like when you're walking as a baby, you know, you take, yeah. a, you know, you take your first steps a lot quicker than another baby would. It's the kind of the same aspect. 
Well, and we're infinite souls. So if you mm -hmm. don't get there in this lifetime, chances are, yeah. if you're curious and interested, because I think that what happens is whatever we learn and find in this lifetime, I imagine that we mm -hmm. take it into the next, you know, it's like we just are going up a ladder to the ascension. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, whatever, you know, like, for example, I'm married to somebody who is a soulful man. He's very soulful. He, he's more into Buddhism. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I had had to let go. And I have a writing class where the, the tagline is show, don't tell. And what I've noticed is that my, as my spiritual practice has expanded and I've laid down the fight and I don't need to argue with people, I can just let them have their experience, that that has shifted him. And mm -hmm. he doesn't know why, but because of all, I believe that, like, I believe that, that we are perceiving our life through the lens of our own, you know, expansion. And the more that happens for me, the lighter things have gotten in our marriage, you know, mm -hmm. and he's very left brain and, you know, he thinks astrology is the weirdest thing ever. And I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about, but I don't need, to, I don't need him to know. Yeah. This point. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not important for him to know if it was, then he would know. Yeah. And if he was into it, he'd go for it. What? I don't, yeah. I got nothing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we could talk for hours and hours. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that we could. What's your yeah. sign, by the way? Speaking of I'm astrology. A Virgo. Oh, Virgo, beauty mm -hmm. maker. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a very hardcore Virgo, as, as Virgo as you can get. What about I you? I love that. Aries. But my okay. moon is in Virgo. So I like to believe that my emotional world is all about making beauty. Yeah. That would be true for me. I've, I've also... A lot of like what I do is is helping others and making sure that like what what makes me happy is like when I see other people happy, like mm. the admiration from me helping someone is like way better than money. Uh, money doesn't drive me at all. Like I actually really hate money. I wish that we were we didn't live in a society where money was necessary. I think that we should be here to help each other and lift each other up and you know, it took, a, it took a while for me to be like that. If you listen to my other podcasts, like in the very, very beginning, you could see a totally different Tim. It was it's mm. very interesting to like listen in. Well, and That's fun. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't realize it until a couple of like maybe about a year ago where, um, you know, in the beginning, I, I had such negative thoughts about like interior designers versus interior decorators. And I would express that. And I would express, you know, my thoughts about it. And then I, I guess like something hit me where it's like, you know what, they they are, they should be respected just as designers are. Um, you know, there's a place for designers, decorators, you know, um, whatever kind of combination of their thereafter you want to call it, hobbyists. And uh, it's really interesting to see kind of like that growth, even in myself, um, you, you kind of alongside this path of Buddhism. Yeah. Well, that's why I sort of, um, I ca capture it all in the term beauty maker, because, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you know, do. we're beauty makers. That's what we're yeah. here to do is make more beauty and how you go about it. You know, I started out, I didn't finish my interior design degree and I was an interior decorator. And mm -hmm. even to this day, I, I, I have, my ego gets a, like, I have to check myself when, because people say, 
um, some people have the a disdainful perspective toward interior decorators and we do so we do interior architecture now we have my business is a multi-million dollar firm that we do these incredible huge projects and now if somebody mm -hmm. calls me interior decorator i'm like well yeah fine you think i'm fluffing pillows <laughs> or putting you know just picking a paint color it is so much more than that at this point um but i'm an entrepreneur you know mm -hmm. and i i am good at delegating so the firm has grown, but back to the piece about money, what I want to, I'll say something about that is having grown up poor and having grown up without means, I felt very driven initially and money was this just painful thing. I thought it was separating me from having beauty. I thought it was separating mm -hmm. me from feeling safe. I thought it was separating me from the has and the has nots. And to your point, like I find so much richness in feeling prosperous. Like to mm. me, prosperity is the most perfect fig you ever picked off a tree or snuggling mm. with my daughter. Like all of those prosperity feelings have now led to what Barbara Stanley calls sacred success because mm -hmm. money is really just energy. Yeah. And, you know, anything that I bless blesses me. And the more I bless prosperity in all these different regions of my life, the more the prosperity has happened. Like I was sharing with a new friend, she was asking me about my interior design career and the trajectory of it. And I hadn't shared the story in the longest time. I was, you know, 20 years old working at the Sizzler. I had my, I was the, the guardian to my 16 year old sister my 17 year old brother would come home on the weekends from juvie for a hot mm -hmm. meal and a shower. And he was allowed to leave just on the weekends. And then I had another brother trying to get sober living on my sofa. And I look at that version of me who was scrapping to keep that house together as a 20 year old going to community college. Like, I don't even know how the hell I wound up here. I do know I found a spiritual practice. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to turn around my stories of lack and limitation and control and perfectionism. And when that started to happen, you know, my, my relationship to money changed dramatically. And mm -hmm. now I see that the more generous I am, the more generosity comes to me. It is a very reciprocal energy, the flow of money. And that Sacred Success book by Barbara Stanley was a big game changer for me around my relationship to money. Yeah. And I also feel like that experience you had um, when you were younger with your brothers and um, I feel like that's also what kind of got you to where you are. It was kind of like that. A hundred percent. Sort of like, yeah. you know, that life lesson that you needed to go through in order to get to where you are, like at this very moment. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And if you didn't go through that, you could have be a, a totally different person today. It's contrast, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, I said to my friend, you know, I wish I could have gone to sixth grade Laura and said, let me just show you your life in the future for 30 seconds to give you hope that it's not going to yeah. always be this kind of despair. You know, I was really in despair when I was a child in, in the mm -hmm. environment I grew up in. And, and then at the same time, I'm like, then I might not have worked so hard. I might, I might not, mm -hmm. you know, and we have to separate from the divine and know what it feels like to be separate. That's what the fear and the pain is. And as we return to our connection to spirit and source, that is when we start to come back to the love and to see who we truly are, which is 
pure love. Yeah, that's what it is. 100%. You Absolutely. know, isn't it? So yeah. Wonderful. I feel so grateful. Likewise, it's it's, it's really truly amazing. Well, where can where can everyone find you? Like, let share all of your your stuff. Like, where can we? Well, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, new clients and um, you know, you know, a lot of times when I'm on a podcast, I'm found on LMB Interiors. But I, my passion child is the Divine Hustler, and mm -hmm. Divine Hustler is a you know channel. I'm on TikTok and Instagram. I don't. I repost to Facebook, but I don't really love Facebook. Um, Me either. <laughs> I am like, isn't that, that's for a generation, maybe a decade older than me. Um, but because my older brother's on there, I'm like, if you're on there, I'm probably, that's not my audience. Um, no, I don't, that's, that came out sort of negatively. I don't mean it that way. But anyway, Divine Hustler, um, Instagram and TikTok. And I am hosting a retreat actually in September mm -hmm. in Lake Tahoe. And we have two spots left. We're going to have 10 women. Um, and nice. the guys aren't coming this time because we're sharing beds and whatnot, but it's Shucks. a, a community. <laughs> I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one for my designer guy friends, because I think that would be a hoot. Um, and I've been asked, so that might be coming down the pipe. Yeah, but I think you should. Yeah, I think so too, because also, you know, I find there's a lot of curi spiritually curious men in our profession mm -hmm. because, you know, when you're sensitive and you like to create beauty, I think that's the closest thing to the divine. So yeah. um, there's a call for that. But the retreat that's coming up in September, we have two spots left. It's um, September 28th to October 1st in Carnelian Bay. We have a beautiful home on the lake and we're going to beautiful. deep dive into um, tools and practices to overcome this whole perfectionistic, you know, efforting game that we've been up to all these years and surrender Ooh. into something greater. I will so, put the link to that in the description too. So cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Good luck on that. I'm, I'm excited Thank for it. And hopefully if you come out with the male version of it, let me know. Cool. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I'd love you to come yeah. up. For sure. Well, thanks for for ch for chatting today. I know we can talk for hours and hours and hours, and maybe uh, personally outside of the podcast, we yeah, kind of catch I would up love and... to stay connected with you. That would be super 100%. fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again so much. We'll put everything in in the description, and um, you know, keep shining. Yeah. Same. Same, brother. Appreciate it. Take care. Have honey. a wonderful rest of your week. You too, and weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's coming. All right. Take Friday care. Tomorrow. All right. Yep. Take care. Honey. Bye.